0: Christian servant for Christ, and then to apply what we learn to our own lives so that we can be better stewards for the Lord. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Karen, would you offer a word of opening prayer for us, please?
1: Sure. Dear, kind, gracious, loving Heavenly Father, first of all, we just thank you for the opportunity, first of all, of being still alive and for coming together for this study to learn more about you, Father God. We thank you um for the word of knowledge lord god and i just pray that as we study you would send your holy spirit lord to open up our understanding and lead us into all truth that we may glean principles of truth from this study that we may apply to our own lives and uh, we just ask lord that you would um, restrain the enemy from coming in and open up our understanding that we may um um gain a greater and a closer walk with thee in jesus name we pray amen
0: Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> so here's a question. We're reading the book, Christian Service. Christian Service is performed by Christian servants. How do you get to be a Christian servant to begin? With? Does a church board appoint Christian servants? No,
1: I think by surrender of your heart and your mind to Christ
0: and loving, okay. loving,
1: loving surrender
0: and obedience okay anyone else thoughts how do you become a christian servant um, to... go
2: ahead I mean, hi everybody how you all doing hi how you doing late comma
3: anyway um...
2: <laughs> i'm doing good
3: <laughs> surrender and all just saying god here i am
0: okay surrendering our lives to christ Lakita, what was your comment? Uh,
2: I was just going to say I agree with
0: those two. I agree with them. Okay, yeah. When we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become Christian servants because when we accept Christ, he accepts us and he intends for us to be his ambassadors to show the love of Christ to everyone that we meet. So by being Christian servants, we show forth the love of Christ through Christian service. Okay, now what type of things can we do uh, that would qualify as Christian service? Anything that how ha- ha- uh, lift
3: name. Anything that lifts Christ's name. Behavior,
2: uh, speech, attitude. Okay. Anyone else? All of that, in, um, just our lives.
4: Yeah.
5: Our whole life is about Christians. Okay. Anything else? And adding on to the train, um, bringing people closer to Christ
0: mm-hmm. while we're doing
5: all those things. Or
3: discipling other people, mm-hmm. new members.
1: I, I think, Lee, just living a, a Christ like life is the biggest sermon and biggest witness that we can possibly give.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. All very good, and uh, people would rather see a sermon than hear one, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I like what somebody said, uh, <clears throat> be a witness for Christ, and if you have to, use words.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So whatever we do, do all to the glory of God, right? Yeah. And when we are doing whatever we're doing to the glory of God, that is Christian service. It says in this uh, first paragraph, this is very interesting. I was shown God's people waiting for some change to take place, a compelling power to take hold of them. So what's wrong with that sentence? You now, um, when we talk about sanctification,
2: that it's a lifetime um, process, then this is saying that, you know, we expecting something to happen suddenly. But is doing... Um, being doing stuff on a daily basis or living for Christ on a daily basis that the change is taking place. And sometimes changes take place on the inside and we don't know it because you know it's too hard for us to do it by ourselves.
0: Okay. I
1: think and I think Lee, this is this is saying oh we feel like we can just sit back and do nothing and we have no part to mm-hmm. play and it's all on God. And we do have a play. <laughs> God has done everything already, Mm -hmm. and we have a part to play. Our salvation is partly, uh, mostly him, but partly us, and and it depends on both.
0: Okay, any other thoughts on that? What's wrong with that sentence? Something strike you? He equips us. We
3: don't equip ourselves.
0: Okay. And it was hit on, too, that says God's people waiting for what? You've already accepted Christ. Now go forward and do what Christ would ask you to do, right? Yeah. And there are a lot of people who say they're waiting for the, the uh, second coming. You know, they're waiting for the stirring, like the people at the Pool of Bethesda were waiting for the water to be troubled by the angels. And there are people in the church now who say, I'm waiting for persecution to, to take place. And then I'll go out and witness earnestly. But the truth is, the witnessing will bring on the persecution. It's going to happen. So we shouldn't be sitting around waiting for an opportune moment. Every moment is an opportunity for us to point somebody to the goodness of God. And as was said earlier, any means possible, by any means necessary, let people know about Christ. Might be in what you say, might be in what you do, might be in the life you live, might be in some uh, kind acts that you do for other people. It could be in many different ways, but the one thing we don't want to do is sit back and wait for the Holy Spirit to push us out to do God's will. It says they must act, meaning us. We must act. We must take hold of the work and then cry for God for a true knowledge of ourselves and what we're called to do. So the biggest thing is don't sit around waiting for some miracle to happen for you to get out and tell somebody about the love of Christ.
2: I was wondering, what do you all think she means by um, earnestly cry to God for true knowledge of ourselves? What does that
4: mean?
0: And Ron, what do you think that means to earnestly cry to God for true knowledge of ourselves? And remember, we're talking about Christian service.
1: I think it, I think it means to be honest with ourselves about ourselves and our, our, our true spiritual condition before God. Um, you know, the devil delights in deceiving us and pulling the wool over our eyes and having us doubt and fear and rest the scriptures and believe wrongly uh, you know and think that oh uh, you know because we are the Laodicean church so we think we're all that but we're poor, blind, naked, wretched and miserable and so we have to deal honestly before God with our own selves
0: okay. any other comments on that? what does that mean? cry to God for true knowledge of ourselves
1: Hmm.
3: So we can look at ourselves where we are broken. We can cry out for help, what we need to, to be weakened. I mean, I'm sorry, strengthen where we are weak, but we could go forth, equipped us to go forth and do the work he wants us to do
0: presently, not later. Okay. Yeah. Here's here's another question in uh concert with Lakita's question. If you don't know you have a problem, would you be looking for solutions? No, 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 you wouldn't be looking for any solutions because you don't even know you have a problem. So, like Karen was saying too, we have to have a true understanding of ourselves because the Laodicean church is known to really not be motivated to be lukewarm. But we do need to know that we do need to ask God to open our eyes so that we can see that we are blind and naked and, and lacking in so many areas. Because when he does reveal it to us, then we can pray for strength to make the changes necessary. And also a true knowledge of, are we really truly doing God's work? Are we really putting ourselves out there to tell others about Christ? Am I really striving to be the best example of him that I can? Because if I'm sitting here fooling myself, I'm never going to change because I think I'm doing great. But when God reveals the true knowledge of ourselves to us, then we can see where we're falling short of the example of Christ. And then we can pray and ask for help to overcome Satan's tricks. And then it says the, the, um, the scenes which are passing before us are of sufficient magnitude to cause us to arouse and urge the truth home to the hearts of all who will listen. The harvest of the earth is nearly ripe. Do you think it's enough uh, events going around us that would cause us to arise and recognize that Christ is soon to come? Do you think there's enough going on in the world that lets us know something's about to happen? Or do we need some bigger and more catastrophic things to happen first?
3: No, it isn't going on. He's coming again because the day is like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day to God. I can see it coming around the corner. I mean, it's here and some more around the corner. So.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think it's just it's just tragic what's happening these days. You know, it's you know in the um, Bible, I don't know which verse it is, it says, but if Jesus doesn't cut it short in righteousness, no one will be saved. Mm-hmm. I mean, this homosexual thing. At one point in my life, I was like, yeah, you know, that's just wrong. And now in my life, I'm thinking, hmm you know, well, maybe this and maybe that and all this stuff about it, but it keeps coming back, you know, it's just not right. So I, I uh, shudder for my grandchildren. They're just six and and, five and four coming up in this age of, um, you know, where men are dressing up like women for real. You know, back in the day, F- uh, what is his name?
0: Flair Phil Wilson.
2: Wilson did it. <laughs> you know, he was joking and everybody thought that was funny, but now it's real. Um, they want to be called real women and like they call real women and then we're called baby carriers. So why well, we have to move out of our spot so you can be wherever you are because to say anything, you know, less. But yeah, I, it's sufficient. It's That's just one thing. The crime is out of control. It's just I, I think for real in St. Louis City, they the police don't even try to solve a crime anymore. I mean, they just <laughs> like, just let me get paid and go home. So um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marriages, you know, you guys been hearing about polyamorous and all kinds of stuff. You know, there's now there's that belief that <laughs> it's not possible to be monogamous. That's an impossible thing. And you know, is it, you know, everything is just going tough. And, mm. You know, we just wonder about. I just wonder about the younger generation. You know, they're not going to know. You know. I talked to a little girl, okay. I'm gonna say thing. probably, talked to a little girl, and um, well, she was saying something like little girl, look, little, little small child, you know, that's well, um, ha- have sex with me, but she was using the other word, like a slut. So I asked, well, do you know what a virgin is? Had no clue, never heard of the word. That's where we are, you know, our kids. These are our kids. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I, I can see, completely see if Jesus doesn't cut us short in righteousness, we will all be deceived in missed.
0: What other things are any of you seeing that point to the, the harvest of the earth nearly being ripe or the Lord's second coming soon? What else are you seeing?
5: And Mother Nature is trembling. We ha- we're going through the groaning pains of labor. I mean the contractions. Um, sometimes I watch the the weather channel and they said in the past, I guess 15, 20 to 15 years, there have been more, I forgot what the what the rating scale is, I'll just say out of one to ten, category eight nine events where there'd be hurricanes. I didn't know what a cyclone was. I thought it was something from cartoons. I had no idea what a cyclone, because you have a tornado, you have a hurricane. Now on the West Coast, it was being eaten up by cyclones um, yep. early in, in the month. And um, these events, they were saying, the scientists were saying that you wouldn't see, you may see one in 50 years, one in 100 years, they'll even come to that scale. Now they're coming closer to closer. And it just, it sounds like childbirth like the Bible predicted, prophesied.
1: Mm-hmm,
2: hmm Well, like New York here, 52 inches of snow in like one or two you know, hours or something ridiculous. And people, um, I read about one lady, she was like 100 feet from her house and couldn't find her way home, and she died out there in that, hmm.
0: in that snow. One of the things I always like to remind us is don't just look at local news, look at world news because you can get a myopic view of what's going on just by looking at local news only. But when you see world news, you see that these things are happening all around the globe, you Mm -hmm. know, nature having problems, wars, rumors of wars, pestilence in diverse places, all the things that Matthew 24 warned us of these things are happening on a global scale. You know, you see uh, how global warming is impacting people with flooding and, there are some islands that are about to sink underwater because of it. And the, the uh, animals that are used to living in really frigid temperatures, is starting to warm up too much for them to be able to survive. And it's just really bad, you know, that you see. And then, of course, we've heard, we hear a lot about the war in Ukraine, but Ukraine is not the only country involved in war. You know, there are other countries who are fighting you know, amongst themselves and fighting other countries, it's not just one thing happening. Of course, the pestilence and the um, illness and disease just running rampant all around the country. Seems like we're now we're being told to take all kind of different shots. Used to be you get a flu shot. Now you got three or four other type of shots you have to take to stay healthy. So we can see that paying attention to what's going on around us. There is more than enough, more than enough going uh, on before our eyes to let us know that Jesus is getting close to his return. Just like he prophesied in Matthew 24, these things are happening on a global scale. But there are still some uh, who consider themselves Christians who just sit idly by, waiting for some special season of spiritual refreshing uh, so that then they will get out. And tell others about the coming of Christ. And Sister White says they just waiting in vain for that to happen. And also, uh, Pina, yeah. go ahead.
3: Pope <laughs> is trying to say something. He wanted to uh, rest the earth, you know, start to resting on the Sunday to protect the earth under the skies of because of climate change and all of that. But we know where that's going. What was it you said was happening to protect the earth? No, he was trying to get the world to come together so we can rest on Sunday. Oh, who was doing that? Pope, the Pope.
0: Oh, the Pope was.
3: Yes. Oh, okay. So we know where that's going.
0: Okay, yeah. I hadn't heard that. See, that's that's why it's good to listen to world news yeah. so you can get a world view of what's going on. Uh, the last paragraph says they neglect present duty and privileges. So while we have an opportunity. We can get out and about and talk about Christ all we want. Present duties and privileges is what we need to get out there. But some people are looking forward to a time without any effort on their part. They'll be made recipients of a special blessing, which will then transform them and fit them for service. Not going to happen, she's saying. We need to take these opportunities now to be out about our father's business, telling others of, of the soon return of Christ. And not just sitting around while it's easy and doing nothing, right? Part of our Christian service is telling others about the love of Christ. Over on the next sub paragraph, it says, not producers, but consumers. Not producers, but consumers. What does that title mean? You are not a producer, but a consumer. What does that mean? We ain't, we ain't bringing nothing to the
2: table. We just coming to eat.
0: Okay. Anybody else? What does that mean? Not producers, but consumers.
6: Well, I think this is Sister Harper. Hello, everyone. I, I, think in terms, to... I think in terms of, I think that God gave so much to us. He gave us his son. That we don't have to do anything to get grace. We, we're getting all these free gifts from Christ. And all he asks us is to, if you love me, keep my commandments. He never holds nothing back on us. So like you, like she said, we're just consuming all the goodness that he's given us. And some of us, you know, we need to look in the mirror and say, if you're going to keep taking, 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 and never giving, 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 mm-hmm. then what are you doing to uplift Jesus on this earth? Because you're just give, taking all the goodness, and you're, you, you know, you're just happy that you don't have to do anything and you just take you taking him for granted. That's what I really want to say.
0: Mm. Amen. Not producers, but consumers. Did anybody ever hear the uh, story of the little red hen? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not me and Lakita only ones heard of the little red hen.
3: It sounds familiar. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah the little red hen wanted to make some bread and wanted to share it with the rest of the barnyard. So the little red hen went and asked the other animals, hey, I'm going to make some bread who will help me go out and harvest the wheat to make the bread. And nobody wanted to help. They just looked at him like he was crazy. And uh, he said, well, okay, I'll go out and get the wheat myself. So he gathered up all the wheat. Then he came back and he said, Hey, I got all the wheat now. Who wants to help me grind the wheat in the flour? And nobody wanted to help. They didn't want to help produce the bread. And then he said, well, I'll just grind it up myself. So he ground the wheat up himself. And he said, I got the wheat to make the bread. Who wants to help bake the bread so we can eat? Nobody wanted to help bake the bread. They wouldn't help him gather the wheat. They wouldn't help him grind the wheat. They wouldn't help him bake the bread. But as soon as he baked the bread and it came out smelling like homemade bread does, what do you think they all see? They want to eat. Exactly, they're not producers. They just want to consume, and so it is with the followers of Christ. She says the coat that talking about the professed followers of Christ are on trial before the heavenly universe, but the coldness of their zeal, the feebleness of their efforts in God's service, mark them as unfaithful, not producing, but want to consume the blessings.
3: So they want to eat the fruits of other people's labors. Exactly.
0: And then she says, if what, they are, if what these people are doing was the best they could do, then that would be okay because they did their best, you know, and the most we can ever do is the best we can do. But their hearts were not enlisted in the work and, and they, couldn't, they couldn't do much more because their hearts weren't really in the work. And it says, they know and the world knows they have to a great degree lost the spirit of self-denial and cross bearing. Not wanting to produce any good works, but wanting all the Uh lessons that come with it. Producers, uh, not producers, but consumers.
6: Well, you know, Elder Curl, you were talking about the different, like the pandemic, uh, well, you know, the different stuff that was happening. I Mm. think the pandemic made people so lazy and and I'm not saying everybody. Mm. that you could have picked up the phone during the pandemic and talked and gave, you know, talked to somebody <laughs> about Jesus. You could have gave Bible studies over the phone. But a lot of people just sat back and said, well, since churches are closed, then I ain't got to do nothing.
3: Mm.
0: Have mercy.
3: No, well, I, I probably got lazy, but I still try to do my part by passing out <laughs> tracks and stuff. So, I remember pass, wanting to pass out to someone and he had a cigarette in his hand. He wouldn't accept the track. Said, I don't want to catch nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but you're going to catch cancel? But I ain't say that, but that's what I was thinking.
2: <laughs> I hear but you. I also, saw, <laughs> I also saw during the pandemic, and I still see this, a lot more movement. It was just in a different direction. I saw yeah, a lot yeah. more, like, uh, workshops that was online, prayer meetings online, um just so much more I also to me I might be wrong I felt the strongest sense of unity yeah. with the church members oh, you me. know um I just I just did I just felt um cared for I felt that we were all in a battle together um and a strong desire to you know like help other people so I think it worked I hate to say it but that thing worked for me and um It changed. I think it changed me. I hope for the better. I think I do more now than I've ever done in church, for real. Um, So
6: that's that's kind of my. (coughs) uh, Mm
4: -hmm.
6: Well, you know, I I, I'm so glad that worked for you, Lakita, because like I said, it did it didn't for other, you know, everybody. Mm -hmm. And I guess you know, Mm -hmm. depending on your environment. You know, your community and your and your different churches were di- doing different things. You know, mm-hmm. there was just some people that felt like this is my chance to say, mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I'm i not going to do anything. Yeah, I just feel to me it was a it is a they, it, the pandemic was an escape goat for them.
2: Yeah, I yeah, I feel like it, it was a sifting and a, well, we moved from sifting into shaking, and I think that's kind of what you confirming is that people. They were just basically like not really in church. They were just coming and sitting and stuff. And it's kind of like, it's like a, um what is it? an earthquake came and shook them off the bench, off of the pew. They didn't get up and, and walk towards Christ. They just stayed where they were. So mm-hmm. I you do know, think that people were shaken
4: out of the church. I believe that.
3: Yep, yep. They said I a think, great
4: falling away. I think yeah. what's interesting about it is before the, the pandemic, I would try to go work out because my mind was on working out and getting mm-hmm. in shape, some reasonable shape. After the pandemic, I still had the same mindset. So, what I'm saying is kind of what Lakita's saying you still have the same mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, you weren't really doing anything before the pandemic, then now you have a reason to not do anything or you think you do by saying that the pandemic came and we're not going to church. Well, you really wasn't going to church anyway for the right reasons because I think to myself now, I still go to the gym. Now, I put a mask on and I do a little bit more, have more precautions now, but I still have a desire to be in shape before or after, you know? So my mindset Mm -hmm. hasn't changed. Um, Of course, I was working in the church before, I'm still working now,
1: Mm -hmm.
4: pandemic or not pandemic, you know? So I I think that, you know, you can give excuses and people can come up with reasons why they don't come. But Mm -hmm. I mean, if if you really was into worship and sharing your worship, which is what we should be doing anyway, Sabbath on Sabbath, if you were into that before, you know, you're still going to find a way to continue to do what you want to do, pandemic or not.
0: Yeah. And and when we think about the fact that when we accept Christ as our Savior, we then, then become servants of Christ, Christian servants. It doesn't say it be a Christian servant only in the good times. It doesn't say only when people are watching, only when the Internet is up or whatever. It's at any time. It says uh, the first paragraph we read said, The followers of Christ are on trial before the heavenly universe. So even if you live out in the boondocks all by yourself, the heavenly universe is still watching how you exemplify Christ. So we can't just say, oh, now that we're not in church, I can just do anything I want to do. That's not how this works. You know, these people have lost the spirit of self denial and cross bearing. And again, it says, many are going to be, many there are whose names will be found written in the book of heaven, not producers, but consumers, because they're not doing the works of Christ, but still expecting the blessings of Christ. And it's not gonna happen, it says, by many who bear Christ's name, his glory is obscured, his beauty is veiled, and his honor is withheld, because they're not doing those Christian service works that Christ calls us to do. And again, one of the easiest things you know, one of the simplest ways, not easy, but the simplest way is just to live a Christian lifestyle and people will see you wherever you go. If you're at the store, they can see your Christian, Christianity. If you're out at the mall, they, people can see your Christianity. If you're at work, people see your Christianity. You don't have to show off. It says, let your light shine. It doesn't say shine it in people's face. Just be yourself as a true Christian one who wants to exemplify Christ and everybody around you is going to see that light shining from you. Mm
2: -hmm. And that, you know, like the sifting and shaking, it's been going on. You know what? Um, It's always been going on and stuff. Sometimes we say it's a test and God testing us to see are we going to hang in here or are we going to just walk away, you know, and stuff. So it's been going on for, but I do think it's cutting closer and closer uh, as we go. Do you like, uh, you, we mentioned earlier that all the ways to, um, that shows that Jesus is coming. This is the first time in my life that I've heard of people, you have one, uh, they have more than one thing, like the flu, pneumonia, and what was the thing? Flu, pneumonia, and COVID, or flu, pneumonia, and COVID. Uh, and, um, when it said bronchitis. I mean, this stuff is hitting people three at a time now. This is unprecedented stuff that I'm looking at. Maybe it's been going on. I just wasn't aware of it. But I ran into a couple of people this year already that's had three major, you know, type of respiratory problems. Mm-hmm.
0: Bad but true.
2: So sickness is just another way of not in
0: his own church. You're not careful. Now, a little bit farther down, it says in the last paragraph on this part, it says there are many whose names are on the church books, but who are not under Christ's rule. They are not heeding his instruction or doing his work. Now, doesn't that sound really sad? And these mm-hmm. people's names are on the church books, but they are not following Christ, not following his instruction or doing his work. That just sounds really sad to me. Any thoughts on that?
3: I wonder why they're not doing the work. What are they sitting there for? Why are they even coming to church? Or if they are not.
6: I'm sorry, Alvina.
3: I'm like, what's the point of those people? What are they looking for? What are they not looking for? I would like to get inside the minds. What are they thinking? What's the point? I don't know.
6: And see, I think they they're they're following. And I don't want to. And I don't want to put anybody's Sunday church down. But that conception that once saved, always saved. So they feel like. And I'm not saying all of them, but I think some feel like. Well, I'm all. You know, I'm already under God's care, and God's gonna look after me because once saved, always saved. And we don't believe that as I uh, as, as, as Seventh-day Adventist. I thought, you know, most of us don't believe one saved, always saved. But you do have those that will say, oh, I, I gave my life to God years ago. So I, if, I, if I don't go pass out, I don't do all this stuff. It ain't necessary because, you know, I'm saved under God's grace.
3: Mm. But we do the work because we are saved not to be saved. Amen. Yeah, Good but point. I think
6: they failed to see
2: that. So, I think too, the Bible says that God left them for a reprobate mind. You know, God tells us to do stuff. So. That's what the relationship is about. And we don't do the things that God tells us to do. After a while, He's just not telling us anymore. It doesn't mean you're not held accountable for those things, it just means that, you know, He's left
5: you. Mm.
2: And it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not like you just jump up and I don't believe he just leaves us like it's just a casual thing. But I do believe that that's why people can sit and, or come to church and don't believe in the second coming of Christ. They come to church and don't feel like they're supposed to return a and offering or come to church and feel it's okay to be mean to people. Because, you know, sometimes people say stuff like, Uh, This is the way I am. I'm just this way. And so people just got to take me the way when God is calling you to be kind. kind, And that's, it's not
0: acceptable. And Jesus asked the question how can you call yourself my friend, but don't do the things I ask you to do? Mm -hmm. And some people say, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Some people say, well, God knows my heart. That's what
6: they say. Amen. Amen.
0: He does know our hearts. And that's, that's, uh-huh. the, that's the scary part that there's many people on the church books or coming to church and they're not even following Christ. They're not doing what he has to do. They're not doing his work. And when we, again, when we accept Christ, we're saying, Lord, I'm following you, which means I'm going to do what you asked me to do. And I'm going to share your love with others. And if you're not doing that, at the bottom, it says they're doing no positive good therefore they're doing incalculable harm. So they're not doing good. And because they're not doing good and call themselves Christian, they're doing incalculable harm. If their, their life is not a savor of life unto life, it is a savor of death unto death. That's really terrible.
6: And uh-huh. you know, Elder yeah. Carol and everybody, it's really sad when you have a Bible worker and they've been working with a person and then somebody will tell that person, well, you're going to hell because you're going to, uh, you go to church on Sunday. You don't never know who's working with that person on Bible studies. And then that person is like, well, you know, the person that's giving me Bible studies didn't say all that, you know, because they're still learning. But the minute somebody steps in and says something uh, hurtful to them and telling them they're going to hell, it kind of turns that person off that you're trying to witness to. Because your study saying, God, use me, and you're giving them Bible study, and then you have some member that will tell them something like that. And, you know, it, it does. It just makes their mind go to a whole different spot. Like, Well, they don't, you know, they're giving me Bible studies, and maybe you haven't got that far on your Bible studies with them. But, you, you know, you almost have to say, look, I want you to keep focusing on Christ and keep focusing on, you know, the Bible studies that we're going through. We'll discuss that later. Because it'll come in some later lessons, but it is, you know like I said, and i I just think of the Bible workers you know that's a hard job when you got one church member that could say something totally wrong and, and from their perspective, not from Christ's perspective, and you lose that person as a bible student
2: yeah i think I do think that um people have to stop all the judging, we just don't know, we have no clue, even you know like. Um people not coming to church. We have no clue how God is using people or working with people or whatever. We just we just don't know. we don't have enough information. We don't know what people are going through or you know or any of that. And people will jump in there and feel they have to say something or anything and stuff, but they don't have a right to judge. I think that's really wrong too, to be trying to say who's coming to heaven. Another thing people will do quickly. If someone dies by suicide, they'll say, the person who died by suicide is not going to heaven. But you absolutely don't know. Like the thief on the cross, in their last breath, it could, they could get clarity and understanding, oh, I shouldn't have done this. This is wrong. Lord, forgive me. Then that's it. That's the end of it. So we have no clue about what's going to happen to who after they pass on. Or, you know, a person may not be accepting the Sabbath today, but. 10 years down the road, or even in their heart. Sometimes we just don't have enough information or it's not our job, really. And I'm glad I don't have to do that. I'm really
0: glad. <laughs> Any other thoughts on that part? Look at the next uh, subchapter. It says, Commandment, Keeping a Cloak for Sin. <clears throat> That's pretty interesting t- title. Commandment, keeping a cloak for sin. How do you think keeping God's commandments can also be a a cloak for sin? How would that happen? And I I think uh, Alvina or Patsy mentioned it earlier. How can keeping commandments become a cloak for sin?
2: Because you become, um, you're not worshiping God. You become more legalistic, more legal, um, and and you're following the law and rather than um, rather than following God. What is that thing you're following? Well, well, the Bible says, these things you to have done, not to be leave the um, rest undone." So while we're being like uh, like the one person said just now, Patsy, about like, well, you don't observe the Sabbath, so you're not going to heaven. Well, God is asking us to love Him. He says, seek me first and all these things oh, will be added to you. And so, so.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah, you know, Anyone we, else? Go ahead. Like the Pharisees, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to follow all the rules and this is the only way we're going to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know?
6: Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there are people that will attack people <laughs> For, for especially if you look at some of these countries where these people have been killed for their religion by, by mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to go by God's Sabbath. They, are, they will kill people if they don't mm-hmm. worship on the day they want in these some of these dictator countries. But it's sooner or later, it's going to hit us here in the United States that when they pass those Sunday blue laws, we're going to have to take a stand. And God did not tell us that some of us weren't going to put, put to death
0: hmm mm-hmm. and it also points out that there are some folks who think that by professing to keep god's commandments that that saves them from the power of divine justice and mm-hmm. so they refuse to be reproved for evil and if someone says something to them then they accuse god's servants of being too zealous and putting sin out of the camp but god hates sin and he calls upon all of us who profess to keep his law to depart from all iniquity. So you can't claim I'm a commandment keeper of God and I do this and I do that. And yet you are just using that as an excuse to hide the sin that is so easily besetting you Mm
5: -hmm. and neglecting
0: to repent and obey God's word brings Mm -hmm. serious consequences, just like it did back in ancient Israel. And there's a limit beyond which God will no longer delay his judgment. So just saying I'm a member of the commandment-keeping church or I keep God's commandments, that doesn't give you a license to keep sinning. It doesn't give anyone a license to keep sinning.
3: Also, I have noticed, I've heard in our church, I hear some people speak and they freely take the Lord's name in vain. I'm like, oh, and I have said something to some people. And they say, no, that's okay. Like, you know, you taking the Lord's name in vain. And they get huffy. <laughs> I mean, I was brave enough to go ahead and just say it. And they got huffy. Like, okay. And I just been praying on it. It's several times I've heard. I'm like, wow, come on now. But yeah, they're saying yeah. OMC
0: freely who god uh he expects us to depart from all iniquity not just commandment keepers in word only but also in indeed as well so just you just can't say oh i keep the sabbath and then think that you're going to get away with breaking all other commandments or doing all types of other sinful things it's just not how that works and you cannot fool god you can well they say you can fool some of the people all the time and uh, all the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. And you can't fool God ever. So Amen. there's no way that we can say to ourselves, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I'm keeping the commandments and knowing that we're doing wrong, that we're we're violating God's uh, commandments in other ways. So. But you
1: know what, Lee? There are mm-hmm. people now, and even in my own family, that profess to know the Bible but they rest the scriptures so that the script, the ordinary and plain meaning of the scriptures um, become a, they they twist them so that they become a, a cloak for the sin that they want to commit. Amen. sister. I experienced that a couple of weeks ago. And so they pervert the meaning of the scriptures so that they don't—they're not a plane. Thus saith the Lord. It excuses their sin, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's really uh, also the same thing. This subtitle is saying: commandment keeping becomes a cloak for sin. They're using the scriptures in a, a wrong way to legitimize the sins that mm-hmm. they're doing. Mm-hmm. But again, you Here's can't fool God.
1: Here's the thing is that if you just look at the 10 commandments, they are a, um, they are God's character. God's character does not change. He said, I am God. I change not his character doesn't change. So, you know, I I see so many Christians now that are excusing themselves from the requirements of God's law. Well, I, I don't have to keep that you do, but I don't have to. And it's really sad to me because the transcript of God's, who God is, his very nature does not ever change. Uh And you are not exempt from when Jesus stands up and says, It is finished. And he steps out of the way, and God looks directly at you. And you're supposed to look exactly like Jesus. You are supposed to be his. what's the word I want to use? You're his clone, so to speak. You're supposed to be Jesus's clone at that point, you know, and you don't look like Jesus.
6: And you know what I experienced a couple of weeks ago, a person was was had done something and they used Ellen White and they said, well, Ellen White says this, and they only quoted so much of her. And I thought, wait a minute, I was in Elder uh, Terrell's class and and Karen's class, and there's more parts than what they just said, but (laughs) they stopped at the part that wanted, that they wanted to fit their situation, and I thought, say the rest of it, Mm
1: -hmm. and they didn't, and I
6: said, that's because I said, I think they they saw themselves that I'm going to, you know, vindicate myself, but I'm going to use Ellen White saying, she said this, but I just said to myself, if you're going to quote her, say the whole text, then then it you know, it makes more sense, it will go along with the Bible. But when that person did it, I was just outdone. I was like, Well well you, you have said know, it. we were taught the rest of it. You should have said it.
3: You should have <laughs> said the rest of it. The beginning I don't beginning.
6: think that was the the time because that individual was already I think having a bad day. But when they would like I said when they quoted it, I was like, No, I take a class on Sabbath from 2.30 to 3.30. And that's not all of what she said.
0: Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. And that, again, is a good example of how people are using God's word as a cloak to hide sin. You know, just mis- misappropriating scriptures, misquoting scriptures, taking them out of context, just using them to hide their sins. But God is not mocked and he's not fooled by anything we can do. Uh, the last subchapter is dead in trespasses and sins. <clears throat> and it, it's just shocking. It says today a large part, that's the majority. A large part of those who compose our congregations are dead in trespasses and sin. A large part of those who compose our congregations are dead in trespasses and sins. Have you ever wondered why the Bible says a remnant shall be saved? Mm-hmm. It's because the majority of the people that are in churches are dead in trespass and sin, denying the power of godliness. And it says, for years, and I've always thought about this too for years they have listened complacently to the most solemn, soul stirring truths, but have not put them in practice. So you ever wonder hey, how a person like... can sit through years of beautiful, blessed sermons beautiful uh, teachings and instruction on the word of God, on being a good Christian, and yet they don't change. How does you that You know, happen?
6: Elder Carroll, we just went through the 10 days of prayer, and yeah. today, one of the, the, the pastor at Alton Church, he went through, he went again through the days, but he, when he got to day seven, he gave some statistics, and I was just like, I had heard them during the week from both, you know, both places that I was listening to the 10 days of prayer. But isn't it strange that 34% of Adventists, 34% have family devotion and 52% only, only uh, 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 do not have personal devotion. And I thought, you know, we're out here like you said, and and it says, you know, professing to be God's uh, witnesses, we don't have... Even if you're single, you can still have personal time with God and devotion if you got no kids around. But, you know, that's kind of sad to see only 34% of Adventist families even have a family devotion, and 52% don't even do personal devotion. You know, we've got to get back into, like you said, the commandments of God, And, and yet we think... Well, you know, I'm okay as long as I treat everybody nice and I go to and I I return my tie and and I sit in church, but I don't, I ain't did nothing bad and I ain't doing nothing. See the mm-hmm. and, and in my other class they said that was wrong. These uh, y'all, you know, and, and I'm just gonna use myself. Those who sit and do nothing, you think you all right, but if you ain't doing nothing, then you cannot be, you know, doing what God asked you to go out there tell a the lost world. So it's worse that you're going to sit back and justify yourself and then say, but I don't do nothing wrong.
0: (laughs) Claiming the power, power of godly, uh, claiming the power, but denying the power of of godliness. I'm sorry, claiming a profession of Christianity, but denying the power of godliness, not allowing it to take hold of our lives, not allowing it to change our attitudes or change our actions or change our words. And yet still claiming to be a Christian. And you know those statistics, Patsy, are really uh, uh, shocking and disturbing. And whenever you hear statistics like that, like there was a statistic that said, like eighty percent of, eighty percent or so of people claim to be Christians, but only fifty percent ever attend church, and only thirty percent ever pray. So it's like, mm-hmm. what kind of sense does that make?
2: Well, here's the thing, too. I'm going to ask you guys this. Y'all don't have to answer. When was the last time you heard a pastor mention family devotion? Have you, when was the last time you heard a pastor mention opening the Sabbath and closing the Sabbath? People don't even know what that is. Uh-huh. I mean, people, we think that stuff is just like common sense. But people don't have a clue because it's not being taught in the church. Not at all. And and my ever so humble observation is that, um, you know, I hear a Venus saying a lot, well, you should tell them, you know, et cetera. But, you know, sometimes you will get in trouble from the leadership.
6: Amen.
2: If you speak up (laughs) and say amen. Now, like Patsy said, somebody had the audacity to say to her person that she's studying with, you're going to go to hell. Hmm. But let Patsy say to people, hey, maybe it's not the best thing to serve meat in the church, you know, because it's not one of those things in the Bible that people feel they'll be very offended and upset and hurt and blah, blah, blah. And it's a constant battle all the time for the fringes, the fringes. Some of these things would not even be a question if the family family devotion was being done. They people wouldn't care. So you, to me, I can't really blame the people. You can kind of because there are people who know, but there are people coming into our church. They have no clue that they should be having family devotion with their children, that they should be kind to their husband. They just don't. Christian lifestyle, Christian
6: living, is not being taught in the church. It's just not.
0: And one of the things that we you know what's sad
6: about that we will baptize those people and say, well, you can teach them that kind of stuff later. You can talk with that uh, them about that later. When I guess you know when Sister Reverend was there, you had to go through every Bible study. She didn't say that you. And then she had other times where you would meet. And if you miss so many. She would say, I, I don't think you're ready, and I'm going to keep working with you. But I said, now we can—I mean, it's, it's I don't know whether I think it's about getting them, getting them baptized real quick. Then you people—I'm you know, like I'm, I'm saying, then you people like the Bible study workers, and I'm included in that. Then you teach them the rest of it. Well, why not teach them before they get baptized so they know, especially about tithing and offering, you know, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You'll teach them later, but, you know, once they get through so many— so many lessons, Jim, we'll go ahead and baptize them. And I'm like, don't we even give those people a chance? You know, especially if they're teenagers, they got to go by what mom or dad says. And I'm like, I think we're missing out on the real purpose of giving Bible studies is to make disciples for Christ. And then once we, they learn, they go out and teach somebody else. But if they don't know it and they, we just baptize them because we need them under the water, they're, they're missing a lot.
1: <laughs> first of all too
2: and then and then you only increase your problems because these people are coming in it's like bait and switch you say here they are here's the here's our um, doctors and you show them four doctors then they come into church and it's 25 more and then so it's just bait and switch it's dishonest it's deceptive, and it's not right so you know and then another thing too to me is kind of like Whoever is over the Bible workers or whoever the leaders are, then they don't trust that God's gonna do his work. You know what I'm saying? It's these people are listening to God. They're not listening to you. They're supposed to be, be getting connected to God. And so it's like um, we think that if we let them off with this, or we let or if we tell them that, they're not gonna come, you know. But some people. You know, like I've run into people who like I've worked with foster parents, my neighbor. When they heard about like um, when they heard about systematic benevolence, they were so happy. It was freeing them. They were like, good. Now I don't have to keep doing all of this here. And they started doing systematic benevolence. Well, I've run into people that said, yeah, adventists they have the best lifespans because of their diets. You know, we know that they teach the diet. So here we are. Trying to hold this stuff back from people, which is actually a blessing to them, and cutting their blessings short. So you know, I, I hear you. I, I mean, it just got really bad in the eighties and nineties and seventies. They were just didn't even want to put the church's name on the fan where the people was going to be going to to attend meeting and not know which church that they are going to be learning from. Mm, mm, mm. They
3: didn't yeah. trust.
2: They didn't trust the Holy
3: Spirit. Trust God to do His work. Right. Yeah. We have to be... go ahead, I'm sorry. They were trusting their own work rather than God. Mm. Yeah. We have to But be I very think careful. sometimes
6: when the Bible workers that's over, you know, the over of a, a group if the if the pastor says this such and such day is where I need these people baptized and, you know, and then you talk, you, the, you know, the head of the us Bible workers, they can't fight against that when they be like, you know, tell your, you talk to your person. They want them baptized if you already passed so many lessons. And I'm like, well, what about the other lessons where you teach them after they get baptized? That and so, you know, you just, you just sit back and say, well, that's what the, you know, the pastor has told that individual they're, and and I, so there's nothing you can say. And, and then you say, well, you know, my person feels like she really does or he really does want to finish before he gets baptized. They don't get a say so. And I said, and that's Listen, why I said, well, especially with teenagers, that's hard because I had to go, especially mine. I had to go back and tell her, this is what your mother has decided. You're going to have to do what your mother says.
2: No. Yeah. I mean, for real, actually, because, you know, now you step stepping beyond God. God does not force our will. He doesn't make us do anything. And I wouldn't, I personally would not put my big, my foot in the pathway of God. That's God's work. And I would tell the pastor, if y'all want to do that, contact her, blah, blah, blah. But I would. They did.
6: They contacted the mother and the mother said she wanted to baptize, but my student, and I can't speak for nobody else that was, you know, mine was like, and, and I told her, I said, you know, and I made it very plain to her. You are a teenager. You live with your mom. Your mom and dad will decide. But even she said, "I told my mom and them, I want to finish. I don't want to be baptized, and I'm not finished with all the lessons." But her mother had the last say. So that's all I can say.
3: No, that was wrong. And she
6: was baptized. She was baptized in July. Wow. And so that's we still have, even though she had, you know, she's had asthma. We still got a, you know, a few lessons to finish because she had, you know, she had caught asthma. But in her mind, I think she, it, it, when I talked to her after she got baptized, I think she was really kind of hurt that we didn't think enough of her to consider her, uh, her, her wishes. But I told, you know, like I said, I made very clear I was not going to overstep her mother and her father. But I thought it would have been better for her, too, had she finished it, because she still, even though, you know, she knows about 10%, she actually doesn't know, you know, what we can what the lesson teaches or, you know, where this money is going and what is it and so I just kinda of talked to her about it. I said, you know, you God asked for ten percent. But and, and she doesn't really know a lot about Ellen White other than I had been incorporating it all that time. But she's never had these particular couple of lessons that's left and I said, and I think that'll that'll give her more insight when she sits around and she hears people say, you know, this and this and that, and I'm like, let's give our teens a chance to say, you know, can you give me another week or so so I can finish these lessons or another month so I can finish before we just say, no, this is when we're doing a, we're doing a baptism at the beginning of the month or the end of the month, or whatever, and that person's going to be in because they're past Lesson 10 or they passed Lesson 9. And I'm like, I just think, you know, sometimes everybody's different and we push them in, and can we maintain them after we get them baptized, because they're like, well, you know, my mom wanted me to baptize, so, they, so now I'm baptized. You yeah, understand no, what I'm saying?
2: But in the end, so what have you really gained? Because if we, what you now what you've gotten is another person just sitting on a pew, not really, you know, like, understanding nor, or even involving themselves, because after a while, you know, teenagers, they're going to pass of defiance. They'll just defy you in a very passive way, or they'll just wait till they leave, you know, out of your house or wherever and just do what they're going to do. And you haven't gained anything.
0: Hopefully we can um, all continue to pray for people in that situation that that their desire to know about God will continue on uh, in spite of what some obstacles may come their way. But, you know, if a person truly has the love of God at their heart and they want to know God and they want to know him for who he is, then he'll bless them with opportunities to continue on. And our duty is to continue I believe that
6: too. Amen. Our duty is to continue to spread
0: God's word. And when we ourselves, we ourselves, when we hear God's word, when we hear truths, like we're reading in testimonies, like we're reading in the Christian service, that we allow God to change our thoughts and our deeds so that we follow through on what we hear as well. And pray for others. Visitors at our churches, when they come and hear a word from the Lord, our family and friends, when they hear a word from the Lord, pray that the Holy Spirit will keep it on their minds to find out more about what God expects from them as well. And let's continue to do our part as Christian servants, spreading God's word and and letting his light shine through us. Karen, what's our, our chapter for next week in testimonies?
1: um we are on
0: chapter 104 of testimonies for the church volume one chapter 104 and volume one so mm-hmm. let's uh be prepared for that next week read ahead and be prepared to discuss what god has laid on our hearts uh, at this time let's close out with the word of prayer dear lord we thank you so much for watching over us for being with us throughout our discipleship class we thank you for the the interest that we have to learn more of you, we thank you for the desire that we have to come closer to the mark of that Christ has set before us. We ask and pray that you will be with each one of us, help us in our studies, Lord, to hear your Holy Spirit speaking to us, and to hear your Holy Spirit's direction, direction, and then give us the desire and the strength, dear Lord, to follow where you lead. Be with each of our person, each person here today, the households represented. Help us always to exemplify Christ in our words, actions, and deeds. And whatsoever we do, dear Lord, may we do it to the glory of God in your precious name, Jesus. Thank you and amen. 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 If
6: anyone